someone called your name we turned and saw this young man he was crying as he came he said
I'm going to move this kind of out of the way so you can kind of see. Unless you're sitting on that side now. We're working on that, folks. How many understand that you can be in a relationship and it can be toxic? Uh, teenagers, listen to me. You're not talking no more. You're paying attention. This will be the best adults in the crowd. Pay attention to the kids and make them listen. Because if they wind up in a toxic relationship, it can ruin them for the rest of your life. How many understand that toxic relationships destroy people? And I'm not talking about husbands and wives, but sometimes those things can be toxic. I'm not talking about just husbands and wives and families, because sometimes those things can be toxic. But I'm talking about relationships with other people. How many know this tonight? When God wants to bless you, what does he do? He brings people into your life. When God wants to bless you, he brings people into your life. In 2010, I was going through the worst storm in my life. And that's when I met Connie and Vic. It was a 10, baby. That's when I met Connie and Vic and Vicky. And uh, they didn't judge us. They loved us. We sat on their porch. We cried. We poured our hearts out to them. They were always there for us back then. They're still always there for us right now. I'm blessed to have them. Uh, we become like family. But, but back then, I didn't know them. They didn't know me. But we had to enter into a relationship. But they knew that God was in me. And I knew that God was in them. And I knew that we were going to serve a bigger purpose together. So when God wants to bless you, pay attention, you're going to learn something tonight. So when God wants to bless you, he'll bring people into your life to be a blessing to you. Now, on the other side of this, teenagers, when the devil wants to destroy you, he brings people into your life. When the devil wants to destroy you, take your peace, rob your joy, destroy you, he brings people into your life. Who we hang out with, where we go, what we do should have a common interest. Come on, somebody. I, Vic, come on up here, brother. I'm going to get you to come help me. Come on. I know you just got work and you're tired, but come on. Amos 3. Got your Bible? Amos 3, 3. When God, Kaylee, you need to pay attention. You ain't doing anything wrong. I just want you to pay attention. When, when, when God links you up with people, when God brings people in your life, Brother Vic, you've got to have a common interest with those people. 
In Amos 3.3, I'm going to try to do this off of memory. Look at there with me in Amos 3.3 and read with me. On the count of three, read it. I ain't got the three yet. What's the matter with you folks? Y'all crazy. All right, one, two, three. When two people walk with me, Brother Vic, now we're we, we going to try to get to the cross. Where's the cross at? There's a lot of them, ain't there? <laughs> I messed him up. But let's just say, is the cross still up there? It's up there behind that thing. Now, when two people are in agreement, pay attention, folks. When two people are in agreement, they walk together. This little verse, there's not any more verses that you need to be reading. This is the one little verse that I want you to get tonight. When two people are in agreement, when two people that, that are in agreement, they're going to be headed to the cross. Now, one can't go one way and the other one can't go one way. You can't have a relationship like this because if you have a relationship like this, one is trying to get to the cross and the other one is trying to get as far away from the cross as it can. Those are toxic relationships. God says you can't walk together with someone. You can't walk together with someone and one want to go the opposite way and the other one want to go back the other way. Thank you, Brother Bick. I love you. How many hear me tonight? How many does that make sense to tonight? I found that little scripture and I just thought it was so relevant for what, what I think about relationships and what, listen, when the devil wants to destroy you, how does he do it? He sends people into your life. When God wants to bless you, how does he do it? He sends people in your life. There are several types of relationships that are liabilities, not assets. How many got kids? Raise your hand. How many of you ever had a kid that had a friend, and you knew that friend wasn't no good for your kid? And you tried to tell them over and over and over and over again, stay away from little Johnny. Stay away from Sarah. She ain't no good. Stay away. How many, how many have told their kids, that kid ain't no good for you? Stay away from them. You know, if you think about it tonight, most of us that raise that hand that got kids, we've been where you've been. We've had toxic relationships. We've had a boyfriend or a girlfriend that wasn't quite right. We've had somebody in our life that was doing drugs or somebody in our life that was, that was making a lot of mistakes, stealing, robbing, cheating people. And, and something inside of us says, we don't want that for our youth of today. We want them to not have to go through what we have to go through. We want to get them away from toxic people. There are several types of relationships that are liabilities, not assets. If you're going to develop healthy relationships, you first must cut off unhealthy ones. Oh, that didn't, that, that, did y'all hear me? If you want to have good relationships, what do you do? You cut off the bad ones. If you want to have a healthy relationship, Rachel, you have to get rid of the unhealthy relationships. Jesus knew this. Jesus tried to preach and heal and, and do all of his miracles in his own hometown. But the people said, ain't you just the son of the carpenter? Ain't you just James and, 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 and Judas's brother? You ain't nobody special. Jesus had to cut ties with people. Sometimes you and I need to learn to cut ties with people. Somebody ought to hear me tonight. 
Because toxic relationships will destroy you. And if anybody's ever been in a toxic relationship, you know exactly that you needed to be in this spot tonight. If you're going to develop and have healthy relationships, you got to cut off the unhealthy ones. Here are three major indicators that you're in an unhealthy relationship with somebody. There's constant strife and division. Hey, listen to me, kids. I'll break that down for you. If the friends in your life, you always got to fight with them. You always got to argue with them. You always got to push and shove adults, kids, God's children. Listen to me. If there's constant strife, if there's constant strife and somebody trying to bring division into your life, that is an unhealthy relationship. You need to distance yourself from that relationship. Number one, listen, listen, pay attention. I'm going to love you. I've been gone all week. Constant strife and division. Constant strife and division. Amos 3, 3 says, Can two walk together unless they are in agreement? Bible says you shouldn't be unevenly yoked. That's with friends too. Bible says you shouldn't be unevenly yoked when you get married. A Catholic can't marry a Baptist. They ain't supposed to. It'll never work. A Baptist ain't supposed to marry a Pentecostal. Why? Because it'll never work. It'll never work. Bible says you must be evenly yoked if you're going to get anywhere in this world. How many people do we see we try to change? Oh, I'm going to get with him. He's hot. He got a six-pack. I used to have a six-pack when me and Mary got together, but it's kind of turned into a little keg. But uh, we're all good. She still loves me. But you get with somebody because they look good. You get with somebody because they're cool. You get with somebody because they ride bulls. You get with somebody because they run barrels. You get with somebody because they got some money. And you think these things are cool right now. And you say, well, they got these character flaws. And they, got, uh, they don't go to church. They, they, they smoke a little weed. They do a little meth. But I can fix them. I can change them. I'm going to be a good Sunday school girl. I'm going to be a good choir girl. I'm going to be a good woman in church and you're going to date a bad boy and never work you'll never work never work because you're unevenly yoked there's division there's strife that's going to come up in your life you're going to say why am i having all this hell break loose in my life because you're unevenly yoked amos says this can two walk together unless they are in agreements a healthy relationship is one in which there is oneness one goal say one goal one purpose, one value, and one belief. I have a healthy relationship with my elders. Why? Because we have one goal, one purpose, one value. We have ethics. We have morals. We want to see God do great things in our life. I have healthy relationships with my church family. Why? Because we got one goal. We, we work together. We work together. We work together for values and the beliefs that the Bible is true from cover to cover, front to back. We believe the whole thing and what it says. God's Word also says where envy and strife is, confusion and everything evil abouts. The Greek word confusion means unstable. How many people got an unstable friend? Don't raise your hand because they might be in church. You got that unstable friend? They always call you. They always want to talk. They always want to tell you all their problems. They want you to listen. And when they get done talking about it for an hour, they say, well, what do you think, Granny? Well, I think you need to get in church. Oh, I got to go, Granny. I'll see you later. 
We all got unstable friends. They become toxic friends. If you want healthy friends, you got to come off and cut off the toxic friend. You can never be a Christian and be who you're supposed to be in Christ if you're still running around with the ones you used to go to the bar with. It'll never work. How do I know I got saved and I got radically saved? My phone stopped ringing and my good time buddy stopped calling. Why? Because we weren't headed in the same direction. I don't want to see you unevenly yoked. I don't want to see these teenagers unevenly yoked. I want to see them walking in unity and walking in the blessings of God. Give God a praise tonight. You know, I, 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 I wrote this and I, and I thought to myself, there are some unstable people in the church today. There are some unstable people in church. You ever look at somebody and they're over 30, 40 years old, you wonder when they're going to get it together. You look at somebody, you just shake your head when they come. I say everybody I love see come and some I love see go. Because there's some unstable people in the church. Even though they come to church, they don't have any balance in their life. I'm just speaking English. You can get offended if you want to, but it's the truth. And if it's offending you, then you need to find some peace and balance and get right with God and get things out of your life that are causing evil and chaos to come on in. Todd, am I speaking the truth? Huh? Tell me, brother. If I'm speaking wrong, you tell me. When you see people in all their situations are out of order and things are out of control, their life is out of order and out of God's control. He has an authority process. And if you, can't, if you can't surrender to God's authority over your life, you're always going to have issues. You're always going to find strife, confusion, and chaos. You see, I don't live under your control. I live under God's control. And we all should live under the control of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead us where we go, what we do, what we have to say. I was talking with someone the other day, and I said, you know, I'm very bold, and I'm very courageous when I speak. And when I speak, I, I, I don't want to offend you. And that person said to me, Brother Mark, when you speak to me, it is Christian wisdom that you're pouring into me. It is not that you're condemning me. But so many people, when they get godly wisdom, whether it be from, from one of you, Lita, Vicky, somebody else, you know what? It, they, they just let it go in one ear and out the other. How many have we seen that? How many times have we seen it? It goes in one ear and out the other well maybe they'll get it next time maybe we just need to cut that person off because they ain't getting it they come to church for four five six seven years they ain't got it yet maybe we maybe we ought to let's cut them off well i don't know if we should cut them off but i guarantee you what we ought to do is give them to god we're going to get to that in a minute i'm gonna i'm gonna stop preaching and start teaching Another way to know that you got an unhealthy relationship is you hang around people you knew back then, back before you got saved. Colin, young guys, Dalton, all of us older people in the church can say, man, it is toxic to go around old friends who we used to go to the bar with, who we used to drink with, who we used to party with. That is so toxic because they're going to drag you back in. Before you know it, you'll realize you're back in there. You're back on point. You were going to church. You were singing songs. You were on your way. But you start hanging around your sister-in-law, and you start hanging around your brother-in-law, and you start hanging around your cousin, and all of a sudden you're cussing again. All of a sudden you're drinking again. All of a sudden I don't see you no more. You're not praying no more. You're not talking to God no more. 
You're not serving no more. God, it happens all the time. Where are the people that used to sit where you sit? Devil got them. Devil got them. Their old friends got them. A good way to know that you got toxic friends, listen to me, when all they want to do is take you back instead of take you forward. I told Vicky this today. I said, girl, I did a revival one time in Waco. We did a, we did a bull ride long ago. Brother Richard was with me. And we took the crew down to Waco and Parkview had a little deal and we rented McGregor there and we had a rodeo and as soon as I got to Waco I'd been preaching here probably a year or two I got to Waco man my buddy showed up man I started cutting up I started busting donuts I started acting all like I wasn't a preacher and one of the guys said to me man when you get out away from church you're totally different man it broke my heart it, it hit me right in my knees so when you leave church are you totally different when you go to work, are you a totally different person? When you're out from here, when you're away from Caney Creek Cowboy Church, are you a totally different person? Man, that broke my heart. I realized that these people are really watching me, and these people are really paying attention to me, and I ought to do what I say and say what I do. And that was the first time I realized that I may be the only Bible people ever open up. And whether I'm in Waco or Dallas or Fort Worth or Austin or, or, or Tilden, Texas, I need to act like I'm just a child of the Almighty God saved by an amazing grace no better than anyone else. Somebody ought to hear me tonight. I just ought to act like I'm a child of the Almighty God saved by amazing grace. I was thinking about it, brothers and sisters. Listen to me. The Bible tells us that when Jesus went to his own country, he taught his own people. They were astonished, but they were also offended. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary and Mary's son, brother of James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? He can't possibly have all this wisdom. And Jesus couldn't do the miracles because of their unbelief. It wasn't because he couldn't do the miracles, it was because they didn't have any belief in it. The associates of your past can drag you down and hold you back. They can keep you from fulfilling your potential. I'm not talking, of, of course, of relationships that you enter into a covenant like your, your kids, your father, your mother, your spouse, your children. I'm talking about friendships, businesses, associates, co-workers. These people may not be good for your life. Another type of friend. Now, this is the one I really want to hit on tonight. Another type of toxic friend. Anybody getting anything out of this? Amen. Are the violators of your heart. They tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what they want to hear. They tell you, oh, thank you. You're so sweet. You're so kind. And the whole time they're trying to get to your heart. But the, when you turn your back, they're stabbing you in the back. I preached a message one time. Tell me you don't like me. We can grow from there. But if you act like you like me and you don't, and you're stabbing me on my back, I, and I find out, I might whoop you. That was the title of my message. Not really, but it went good with my message tonight. <laughs> I, I preached a message. Tell me that you don't like me. We can grow from there. But violators of the heart are the ones that act like they like you. They act like they love you so that they can get something from you. So that they can get you to fix their stuff. So that they can get you to come over to their house and cook them a meal. So that they can get your money out of your pocket. You know, 
toxic relationships, violators of the hearts. These are the relationships that prey on your heart and rob you and rob the control of your life. Don't give power to any person to manipulate you and control you. I tell Mary all the time, can't nobody make you feel inferior but you. You've got to give that power away. Mary, I need that water right there. You've got to give that power away. If you give that power away, you let that person control you, manipulate you. Huh? Hear me. There's some master manipulators in this world. I always lead with my heart. Mary leads with her head. I always try to see the best in people. Mary sees them for where they're at. There's master manipulators out there, and they're violating your heart. They're trying to control you. Listen, you shouldn't give any control of your heart over to anybody but Jesus Christ. I wish somebody would say amen. Don't give power to any person to manipulate you. Nobody deserves that power but God. No person can make you lose your joys. Oh, listen, you're going to learn something if you're listening. No person can make you lose your joy, make you lose your mind, make you want to fight, make you lose your temper, or any other aspects unless you give that person power. Unless you give in to that, that desire, that fleshly desire, and you give that person power. I'd like to see you taking notes tonight. But more than that, I'd like you to hear this message and change. Because when you give that power over to that drive, boy, I woke up and I heard my podcast go off this morning. Or I call it my popsicle because I don't know how to get that word right. It was Chris Brown, and he's a pastor from the Potter's House in, in Colorado, and I follow him on podcast, and, and, and he was talking about road rage. And I said, dude, I need to click on this and listen to this. This is another pastor with road rage issues. I want to see how he handles it. But what he was really doing, he was teaching a lesson. Why do we need to get in a big hurry? Why do we need to take a big hurry? Why do we need to run? What are we in the hurry for? Take this time. Enjoy life. Enjoy the slow lane. Enjoy getting there. That way, if you rush, 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 you're going to cause problems for yourself. You're going to cause issues. I thought, man, this ain't what I needed to hear. But it really was what I needed to hear. Nobody deserves power over you. The most dangerous violators of the heart is the person who tells you what you want to hear. It's the person who strokes your ego, tells you your words of affection, things that you desperately want to hear, all in effort to get what they want from you. Violators take advantage of your needs in your life, especially the needs to be loved and accepted. They aren't concerned about your blessings or your destiny. They are concerned only about what they want from you. How many people know people that they only want something from you? I remember crying one Sunday morning, and I was looking in the mirror, and Mary was putting on makeup, and, and I really didn't want to go to church that day. I was crying, and, and uh, she didn't see me crying. Sometimes, can I say this to you? Sometimes when I cry, you don't see tears. It's in my heart. But when you're linked up and you've been married to her as long as I have, she knows when something's wrong with me. She said, what's the matter, babe? I said, nothing, nothing. She said, what's the matter with you, honey? What's the matter with you? I said, ah, nothing's the matter with me. No, tell me. I said, I'm all right. And I sat down on the pant, the bed to put my pants on. And she squatted down in front of me. And she said, look at me. Tell me what's the matter. I said, honey, I think my friendships 
with people are based on what they can get out of me instead of who I am. She said, honey, that's so untrue. I said, no, no, it's not so untrue. Because if I make a decision you don't like, you're going to leave the church. If I make a decision you don't like, you're going to put it all over Facebook. If I make a decision to stand up against a sin in your life, you're not going to like me. But as my job as a pastor is to confront sin and confront evil and do it from this platform whether you like it or not. But it hurts. It hurts to know that my, my friendships with some people, with a lot of people, are based on what I'm doing or how I'm doing. How many feel like that sometimes? You have friends at work as long as you're doing what they want to do. You have friends at home. You have friends that come over as long as they can get something from you. I don't want to be that type of friend that's a taker. I want to be that type of friend that's a giver. I want to be that type of friend that adds to you. When I leave your house, I want you to know that I was there and I added to you. I didn't take anything from you. Violators take advantage of the need in your life. They are concerned only about what they can get. They are takers, not givers. Never lose your identity for another person's sake. Never compromise your character for another person. Never, never, ever must you ever give up your testimony when you're dealing with people who have toxic issues in their own life i don't think people need to make us lose our peace come on somebody hear me tonight people make us lose our joy people make us lose our way sometimes sometimes you got to cut those things off do this with me can y'all do that can y'all do this hey everybody do this Look at somebody tonight. Do this. Oh, no, you're not doing this. Let me see. All right, there you go. I see you, girl. Uh, Connie, uh, Augusta. All right, now take, keep doing it. Dave, don't put your hand down, Dave. Keep doing it. Now turn to the person on your left and say, I'm not afraid to cut you off. <laughs> turn to the person on the right and say, I'm not afraid to cut you off. <laughs> Woo! That's good preaching. <laughs> Was that you, Chris? That's good preaching, ain't it, Chris? Yes, it is. But there's a right way, Danny. I want to teach you tonight. I'm done. Listen, give me 10 minutes, please. It's eight, 10 minutes to wait. We ain't even into this. There's a right way to cut off unhealthy relationships. First, you must identify and accept the reality of the out of balance of that person's life. At times, you need to take stock of the situation and admit to yourself that a relationship isn't working. All of your efforts of helping, all of your efforts of rehabilitation a person have failed. It's important to, to it's, it is at that point that you need to give that person over to God. How many of you have ever tried to help somebody get off drugs? How many of you have ever tried to help somebody get off weed, alcohol, drugs, meth, get over life? get out of drugs get over alcohol and you try and you try and you try and you try and you fail and you fail and you fail and you feel like i can't give up on him he's my husband i can't give up on him he's my wife i can't give up on him he's my best friend i'm not telling you to give up on him i'm telling you to give them to god because they're draining what's good in you out of you i wish you'd hear me tonight they're draining what's good in you out of you
all your efforts helping and rehabilitating the persons have failed. It's important that you need to give that person over to God. Notice I didn't say that you need to give up on that person. To give up is to walk away and say, I don't care what happens to you. I don't think there's a single person in Caney Creek Cowboy Church that don't care what happens to somebody else. I don't think that about our church. We got the most loving church in the world. Let's praise God for that. How many feel the love here tonight? Say amen. We got the most loving church in the world. We got the most loving church in the world. I don't know where you go to church, but we, I'm just talking to her because she's videoing this thing. I'm letting them know. We do have the most caring bunch of people I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was thinking about that. To give up is to walk away and say, I don't care what happens to you. I didn't say that. To give a person over to God is to walk away and say, I've done all that I can do. I'm entrusting you to God from this point. When you give a person over to the Almighty God, you have released that person from your own heart to the one who can truly heal that person. Who will never fail that person. When you give somebody that's toxic over to God, you give them to the almighty God who can heal that person, who will never fail that person, who in totally qualified, God is totally qualified to cancel that person. Guide them and help them. You ever cancel and cancel and cancel and cancel and cancel your kids? A co-worker, a friend? And they ain't getting it. God can counsel them where they can get it. And he's got several different ways of doing it. How many times can you tell a person the same thing over and over again? Some people have been prayed over so much and laid your hands on them so much. When they walk around, you can see my fingerprints on their head. That's a joke, but it's funny. Some people have been prayed over so much. They, they're the first ones up here. Man, they wear you out. Your phone rings. You look at it. Oh, not them again. But then, well, hey, can you pray for me and such and such? We finna go get, go through a divorce. Well, I just saw you last night. Y'all was at the Flamingo having a good time. I'm praying for you. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Oh, I'm praying for you. I love you. I love you. Who was that? My wife will say their name before she even knows. She don't even know. She'll know who it is. You know who it is. Next day, my phone will ring. Can you pray for me? And I'm not mocking them. Don't take me wrong. But we have had some amazing people around those people. Some prayer warriors around those people. Some saints around those people. And we have prayed for those people so much that they ain't getting nothing. You have to turn them over to God. Because they'll drain the life out of you. They'll suck the life out of you. If you allow yourself to be drained and distracted, I told Miss Vicky this today. I said, if you allow yourself to be drained and distracted by someone, you truly cannot help because that person does not truly want your help. They only want your association. 
They only want to be associated with you because it's fun. They only want to be associated with you because of who you are. But you really can't help them, and they're sucking the life out of you. I was going to say the life out of you. If you allow yourself to be drained and distracted by someone you truly not cannot help because that person does not truly want your help, they only want your association, then you will not be in position to help those who truly want your help more than they want your association. There are some people out there that will really need your help. But if you're wasting your time with toxic people, you're going to be so spiritually drained when those people come, you won't be able to help them. You won't be able to help them. I remember the first time I really got to know Vic and Connie and I'm just picking on Victor tonight because he walked a mile with me, and uh, he walked a lot of miles with me. I remember there was a church member, and they were going through financial hard times. They had lost their job. They were, Vic went over there and fixed their air conditioning, and, and he didn't mind, man. He, he didn't mind. He's got a heart of gold in mind, you know, and he went over there, and he fixed their air conditioning. I hadn't known Vic very long at all, but I know when somebody helps me, I try to do for them. When somebody helps you, you ought to try to do something for them. You ought to try to go out of your way to do something for them. When God helps me, I go out of my way to do something for God. That's the way it's meant to work because you're supposed to be in a relationship. It's supposed to be give and take. Brother Vic had to go over to a, a church member's house, and he fixed their air conditioning the night before, got them going. It was middle of summer, and, and, and Brother Vic said, I think your problem is a thermostat. And Brother Vic said, I'll pick up a thermostat and I'll bring it over for you tonight. They were really appreciative. They were really grateful. The next day, Vic had worked all day long. He got off work. He swung by their house, and he went to put that thermostat on the wall. He walked in and said, hey, guys, I got the thermostat. And the people that owned the house said, okay. They were kicked back. They were relaxing. They were watching Family Feud. That's all they did was feud. They, their, 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 they were in the recliners. Their legs were up. They said, okay, you know where it's at. It's down the hall. They didn't get up. They didn't say, thank you for getting the thermostat for me, brother. I appreciate you being here helping me get some air conditioner, brother. I love you, brother. Thank you for what you're doing for me and my family because I ain't got the money to call somebody and spend $500. So, so it's all Vic being Vic and, and the godly man that he is, he went on down the hall. They stayed in the recliners. Their feet were up. And, and, and he went in and he put the thermostat on the wall. He spent an hour and a half getting it lined up. Because when you work with Brother Vic, you're going to do it right. He's going to get a level out. He's getting it lined up. He's getting it all wired up. He's getting it stable to the wall. Vic, I'm just telling you how you are, brother. You're going to get it do it right. <laughs> he got it all. He spent like an hour and a half over there. Got that thing installed. Got it right. Came back down the hall. Said, I got it all done for you. I think you're good. Thank you, guys. They never got up out of that chair. They said, okay, man, we'll see you at church. I remember Brother Vic telling me that story and how so ashamed I was that that person went to my church. How so ashamed I was that that was, person was coming to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Sometimes people ought to be ashamed of how they act and how they take advantage of people. Some people ought to be ashamed how they act and take advantage of yourself. I said, Brother Vic, that just ain't right. He said, Brother, I still had to do what was right, even though they didn't do what was right for me. I think God was teaching me through him. 
because I sure wanted to say something. But sometimes you can't say nothing, but sometimes you just got to part ways. If they needed help tonight, I bet that brother would go back over there and help them again. That's what good Christian folks do. But sometimes you got to cut them off. Sometimes you got to take a break. Sometimes they're destroying you. Because what if he'd have harbored that feeling? And then when, when that little old lady, Miss Gail's husband, was dying, he only had two weeks to live, and their air conditioner went out, and me and him and Danny and Allie and Miss Connie went over there, and we dug a trench on the hottest day in Texas, and we put the wire that the church had and got them going. If he'd have harbored any feelings in his heart, then if he'd have let that stay there, then those, that man on his last two weeks of his life would have stayed in the heat. But no, because he didn't, because God is growing him, and he wants to be that type of friend, and you and I should want to be that type of friend where we want to give to somebody instead of take from somebody. If you allow yourself to be drained and distracted by someone, you truly cannot help because that person does not truly want your help. They only want your association. Secondly, don't try to be God to another person. Ah, that's good stuff. Do it again. Ah. Thank you, Chris. Don't try to play God because you're not God. Don't try to play God because you're not God. God didn't waste much time with folks. There was a rich run there was a rich young ruler who wanted to follow God. There was a rich young ruler that wanted to follow God. And, and God said, Hey, where I'm going, there's I don't have nowhere to lay my head. There's more I don't have anything. We're gonna lay it on some rocks. We ain't gonna have nothing to eat. We're gonna be out in the desert. We're gonna be ministering to people. We'll be walking on water, man. Where I'm going, man, I don't even have a pillow to lay my head on. And the man said, I'll follow you. And what must I do to follow you? And he said, Give all your richly possessions to the to the poor and come follow me. He couldn't give it up. There are so many people that can't give up something for God. You know, don't try to play God for somebody else. There's a huge difference between helping a person and carrying a person. You aren't the Holy Spirit. Don't enter into an enabling relationship in which you feel totally responsible for that person's success. Sometimes I feel like i got to hold your hand. It's not my job to hold your hand. It's your job to walk for Christ and with Christ. Somebody ought to get that tonight. It's our job as a church to give a person a hand up, but then I ain't got to hold your hand no more. What makes it where people think that the preachers and the people and the leaders and the people in the church have to hold somebody's hand? We're not required to hold somebody's hand because we're not God. God is the only one that can hold your hand. Don't try to play God to another person. Third, don't be comfortable with criticism. If you need to end a relationship, not everybody's going to be happy about it. For what? For that matter, not everybody's going to be happy from that point. If you're in a relationship with a boy or girl tonight and you need to, re you need to end that relationship because you know it's unhealthy, they're trying to get you to do something you don't want to do, if you need to end that relationship tonight, not everybody's going to like that, especially that person that you're ending it with. Be okay with criticism. Be okay with criticism. One thing that don't bother me anymore is critics. Because I don't care. I do what God's telling me to do and do my very best. 
If I do what God's telling me to do and I'm doing my very best and I'm pleasing Him. So critics don't matter. So if I have to enter a relationship with you because you're a toxic person, because you're draining, because you're sucking the life out of me, if somebody's, if somebody's just wearing you out and you have, to, you have to say, no more, I'm giving you to God. I'm giving you over to God. I've tried my very best. And then you break up with that girl because she ain't no good. Or you break up with that guy or you break that couple off from your home. You say, you can't come over here no more. You're wearing me smooth out. I'm drawing the line in the sand. Be ready to get criticized be ready to get criticized and what's really worse is we all have social media so they get on social media and they type and they talk all about you and they say the most ugliest things about you but don't worry about that my God is before you who can be against you tonight amen don't worry about the critics if I need to cut Dean off of my life which I don't want to Dean come up here man come up here Hurry up, son. If I need to cut this man off my life, I can't worry about what he says about me on Facebook tonight. I can't worry about what he thinks about me tomorrow. I just have to trust God that Dean's no good for me. Dean's over here trying to give me some crack. What? This the first thing that came to my mind, man. This the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. Dean's trying to pull me back to my old life. Dean trying to make me run around on my old lady. Dean trying to take me down the wrong path. Dean's trying to lead me to hell. If somebody that you're in a relationship is trying to take you to hell, you need to cut that off and not worry about what they're going to say about you. If I'm trying to take you to hell, you need to cut me off. If you're trying to take me to hell, I'm going to cut you off. I promise you. Don't let nobody take you to hell. Amen. I love you. Amen. Glad you didn't have your phone on in church. If you do have to end a relationship, not everybody is going to be happy with your decision. For the matter, not everybody is going to be happy with you at that point. <laughs> Sometimes in our church, it's really unique. We'll get whole families come. We'll get a mom and dad, then we'll get a grandma and grandpa, then we'll get a cousin or two, and then we'll have two rows of one family. And if I have to tell one person in that family that they're not living for the Lord and they're not living right. And it may cause me to lose two rows. But I don't lay awake at night worrying about that. Because I have to answer to God. And I have to protect this church and what God is doing here. You know, say this with me tonight. We need to enter into healthy relationships. Say that with me. Sometimes hurting people just want to hurt other people. Sometimes hurting people just want to hurt other people. Sometimes broke people want to break other people. Sometimes people that are going and have addictions and problems, they want to just take it and say it's your problem. I read a story a long time ago about not being a dump, a trash can, not letting everybody dump the stuff on you. I've learned to trust God to help me recognize when a friendship becomes detrimental to my businesses, to my relationships, to the health in my life, to my family. I've learned to trust God to recognize when a friendship needs to be cut off. Trust God to give you the courage to end a relationship. Trust God to, to, to trust Him to give you broad enough shoulders and thick enough skin to take criticism for what you know that you need to do. 
we buy and sell some cars and sometimes we have to tote the note and we don't mind helping people, but we're totally up front with them. We tell them the truth before we enter into a contract. We got bills to pay. This is how we pay our, this is what we make extra money. This is what we do. I don't mind helping you. Let's get on down the road, pay your payments every month. I remember one time, man, there was a family that was going to church. And they had a car from us. It was Escalade. It was Cadillac Escalade. It was an old one. It wasn't a very fancy one. Y'all looking like, dang, pastor, buy Escalade? No, it was like a 1989 or something. It was an Escapade, not an Escalade or something. <laughs> it wasn't a very expensive car. It wasn't a very expensive car. It wasn't a lot of money. But we entered into an agreement. And they were going to church here, and they were doing the right thing, and they paid two or three payments. Next thing you know, they got away from church, they got away from God, and they got away from their responsibilities. We looked for that car for four months. We looked for those people for four months. We finally found them in the Plum Grove area one day, and it was just me and Mary. And I pulled up behind that car, and I blocked that car, and I stepped out of that car, and they called me everything but a preacher. Not that they hadn't paid me in six months. They didn't, they didn't mention that. Not that they had wrecked the front of the car. Not that they, had, that they, that they hadn't mentioned that. Not that it, it, they called me. They cussed me. They said they wasn't going to do this. I just stuck my hands out. I'm going to need those keys. They got all over Facebook. They bashed me. Told everybody I was a liar, thief, murderer, all kinds of stuff. You know, there's those people in your life. When they're living wrong, they want to blame everybody else for their mistakes. You have friends like that? Make a list of those friends and say, maybe these are not healthy for me. If you have somebody that's draining you, that's toxic, signs you have a toxic friend, they always have chaos. They always have confusion. They talk out of both sides of their mouth. There's no balance. There's no peace. They drain you. When you see them coming, you turn the lights off. That's what we used to do to rent a center. <laughs> them people's not our friend. <laughs> but there's something beautiful. There's something beautiful about heaven healthy relationships hear me tonight listen to me pay attention there's something great about having healthy relationships when i can call carl and sarah todd and rachel nanny and Allie, james i know he'd be there for me tommy he's a militant but hey i know he'll be there dean scott and augusta mike and darlene jessica and scott joe biggs Betty and Mike, you add to your family, you add to your friend list, John and Betty, you add to your family, Oni and Noise, you add to your family, Mike and Mary, you start adding Granny and Frank, you start adding people. When you have healthy relationships, there's a good feeling, amen? Somebody hear me tonight, amen? I know I can be anywhere in the world and pick up the phone and call Fred. And Fred's going, Fred, you're going to do anything you can to help me out, ain't you? Promise for the Lord. So if you're anywhere in the world, what should I do for you? Same thing. 
healthy relationships, they're back and forth. They're working together, have the same purpose, same goal in mind. So it's beautiful that kids, listen to me. If any of these kids, any of these people are unhealthy, if they're only here because to get something from you, to get something out of you because you're their girlfriend, because you're their boyfriend, if they're only here chasing you, that's an unhealthy relationship. You need to get rid of them. Adults, I'm done. Listen to me. I'm done. Stand with me tonight and let's close in prayer. Close your eyes. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm looking, I'm watching, I'm paying attention. If you have an unhealthy relationship going on right now with a friend, a co-worker, or every head bowed and every eye closed. If you have an unhealthy friend, maybe in church, somewhere, maybe back home, maybe a neighbor, some, you close your eyes. You have an unhealthy friend and you want me to pray with you about that so that you'll have peace and you can get, get some resolve with this. Would you slip your hand up and let me see you? I'm just praying for you, all right? Amen. Just slip your hand up. Let me see you. Praise God. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Father, either straighten these relationships out for your glory, for your honor, and for your purpose, or remove these people out of these people's lives. We're not saying we don't love them, Lord. We're saying we have to remove them them out of our lives lord and give them to you father we give these people to you tonight for every hand that went up for every hand that went up tonight we give that person who was on that person's heart who was on that that person's mind we give that person to you tonight lord father would you counsel that person father would you heal that person would you deliver that person would you set that person free Father, thank you that we can walk out of this church tonight building healthy relationships with new people. Father, help us to understand to love the person but hate the sin just like you do. And if the people can't stop sinning, we're going to give them to you from this point on, Lord. You take them, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. You may be seated.